0: You are listening to Episode 3 of Daughters on Fire. In today's episode, you will meet certified holistic nutrition coach and yoga teacher, Melissa Mooney-Lopez, otherwise known as Be Well Mel. Learn more about Mel's background and caregiving story that includes balancing many different roles, including parenting, running a business, and caring for a parent. We will also learn about some of the symptoms of a daughter on fire, and Mel will give us tips and steps we can take to ease our stress specifically the power of consistency.
1: Are you stressed,
0: burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right. Welcome back. This is Melissa Burton, and today I'm so excited to have my friend Melissa Mooney Lopez on with us, a.k.a. Be Well Mel. And from here on out on this podcast and many more to come, we will be calling her Mel because you have two Melissa's. We're the M&M power team, and, um, and she'll, I'll be Melissa and she'll be Mel. So I am excited, Melissa, that you are on today. So I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of your background and then um, have you jump in after that. So Melissa is a busy mom, a wifey, a yogi, dog lover to meatball which I think is an absolutely adorable name healthy comfort food creator connector and sometimes anxiety driven pressure cooker cooker trying not to blow your top hence the need for mindful meditation mindfulness and meditation which I love that owning what we all need to own um, you are also a certified holistic nutrition coach yoga and meditation teacher you help Also, very busy. Mostly women clients powerfully manage their stress and nutrition on and off the plate. Uh, You support them as they navigate the confusing and contradicting world of nutrition. And you use a holistic approach to determine each individual's unique needs. Using this kind of approach, you are able to connect the dots from where they are to where they want to be, which I appreciated. And I have known Melissa and worked with her in that capacity. And one of the things I loved about our work together was a term um, you introduced to me called bioindividuality. You met me where I was and helped me create um, a healthy lifestyle that I could incorporate into my life. And it wasn't just like some fad diet. Um, so. That speaks to you know that together you decipher what best what's the best foods and lifestyle choices that help your clients on their journey to personal wellness and a blueprint that can fit into their lifestyle. Um, so you wear lots of hats and juggle lots of roles, and alongside the managing and the juggling, uh, you are dedicated to sharing your own personal wellness journey in hopes that there's a piece that may be of help to others. Which is why I have you on the show. And hope, and again, Melissa and I are going to totally collaborate on this. I'm bringing in some amazing professionals because I know the listeners out there don't want to just hear it from one person. Women, when we all get together, are very powerful and we have a lot to share and a lot of support we can give to each other. So Melissa is going to be a part of this journey with us. Um, in, where she's going to be sharing that small steps over time create sustainable success. And it's her mission to educate, inspire, and support health and wellness. So welcome, Melissa, to the show. Fill in the gaps there and um, tell us maybe a little bit about your story as a daughter on fire. Um, and again, just to paint a picture for you, Melissa, the the analogy Of a woman on fire or daughter on fire is, you know, that point in your life where everything, all the care and that that you're giving to the world to others was overwhelming. You're putting yourself last and you were like a wildfire that was just burning out. Your love for everyone else was burning you out and burning you up. That's one. That's like the one spectrum of a daughter on fire. And then also... Maybe where, even if it's today, where you're more like a candle, where you have that healthy base, that healthy foundation, and that is allowing you to be that flame, that burns steady that also can light so many flames from that one powerful place, and it never gets depleted. So I'm so glad you're here, Mel. Welcome, and yeah, tell us more about yourself.
1: Ooh, oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you for having me, first of all, and having this amazing podcast be an idea and really taking it to launch because I feel super passionate about what we are about to deliver. And um, I love your idea and I'm excited about all these things. So thank
0: Thank you. you so much
1: for putting this out in the world and doing the work that needs to happen to make it happen and trusting me to be here with you. This is really exciting. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: I don't really think I need to fill any gaps in with my who am I. You did an amazing job. Um, I think, if anything, I'll just kind of reiterate that, you know, I'm a busy working mommy that, like, all women, where – several different hats and balance and manage lots of different roles. Um, And I had heard a metaphor pretty recently about, you know, life is like having your, having the pedal to the metal all the time. And uh, years ago I was like, Oh, I want to stop the car and it's all just moving too fast. And then I realized I did. I took a break for a little while and did some fun stuff during the summer did more yoga meditated and all that. Cause I think that's important. Um, but what I realized is that what I didn't want to take a break. What I wanted to do was just learn how to keep my foot on the pedal and manage everything better. And so what that kind of ease was, up on it a little bit, yeah, <laughs> ease up you know, on that pedal. Yeah. And, and not even so, cause the life, life isn't easing up, right? Like life is mm-hmm. con- going to continue to keep moving. Um, And there's a difference between like pushing the pedal down too far and, you know, speeding through life, but like just Mm. being able to have, I think you mentioned it in my, even in my kind of like introduction, but have a blueprint to know like, Hey, if I'm going to operate all these moving parts, right. Juggle all the things and keep the ball spinning in the air that need to be up there and they need to be spinning because they're important. Right. Um, then I basically have to have a blueprint to operate from. And that blueprint for me is to, you know, have a holistic, healthy life. And that means following, you know, what my personal blueprint is. And I love that you touched on bioindividuality. Uh, that is a very important um, puzzle piece because, you know, we are all so different down to our DNA, down to our, you know, where we're from. And, so what works for you doesn't necessarily work for me, um, and so yeah, there's a blanket statement about certain things that are that will work for the collective and everybody can benefit from. But um, how much and how many and what time and who, what, when, where that that all differs between each person. You know, you got to meet yourself where you're at, and mm-hmm. I meet my clients where they're at too. So
0: you know, Melissa, I want to add one thing that I also loved about you that I've um, really helped me. On my journey was the good, better, and best, and I know that's going to be because I'm going to make you make it a core part <laughs> of of your uh, podcasting with this because it's so powerful. But the, the reason why I love good, better, and best is because there are mm-hmm. so many women on fire, that wildfire that are like, I, I don't have the time to do my. Best, You know, I don't have the time and they beat themselves up and they want to turn off any positive voice of change because they're like, I can't incorporate it into my, my crazy life. And it's just, it's actually more of a burden of guilt that it's triggering in me instead of, instead of actually, Hey, little tiny, little good changes that will, will lead to a life of transformation. And I love that about what you talk about.
1: Well, you're. Um, thank you so much, and I, I believe it. I, I talk it. I walk it. And I wasn't that way before. You know, I was like a perfectionist and stuck in that. Um, I, I always get this wrong, so you'll have to help me with it. But it's like paralyzed by procrastination or something. <laughs> An- analysis <laughs> paralysis. paralysis. Yeah, it's analysis <laughs> paralysis. Thank you so much. And, and th- that was me. Like I would get paralyzed and start procrastinating because it had to be perfect, right? So I was not going to be a meditator if I couldn't do my 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. I just wasn't going to do it. And how many of mm-hmm. us are like that? So Oh, so
0: many, so many. So
1: many, you know, and what's been beautiful is through my journey and also through my education process. Um, and my continuing, uh, continuing education process, because I, you know, I don't think we ever stop learning, and at least I can't. I, I'm always, like, doing the research and doing the next certification um, is for sure one of the things that I learned is this good, better, and best approach. And that comes out of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I did my first nutrition certification, um, which we're coming up on five years of me graduating um, this next month so that's super exciting thank you I know I couldn't believe it I thought it was four and then what happened a whole year went by and I forgot (laughs) about it so then but I've been you know in that process you start coaching six months into it so that's been really exciting Mm and in 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 the school they've taught us about this bio individuality as well Um, it comes from there and it's a really interesting um, way to approach health and wellness but kind of back to the good better and best is that I learned that if you, you know, kind of keep procrastinating and don't ever start, then you're never going to reap the rewards and the benefits of what could be helping you. And so, you know, using meditation, for instance, as an example, is in reality, you know, do we all have 40 minutes in our day? Well, as a matter of fact, we do, but we have to figure that out. And that doesn't happen overnight. So um, what could be better, right, than doing nothing is to committing to taking five deep breaths before your feet hit the floor in the morning. And that's a form of meditation. And that's a form of self-care. And that's a form of, um, you know, calming down your nervous system. Because in the morning, like, all the different hormones are raging and all the different, you know, that we were on the hamster wheel of everything we got to do all day, you know. So stress levels just start to bubble up. So it's like, okay, hmm, how can we if we don't have 20 minutes to, you know, get this meditation, like I always try to say like Buddha under a tree, like homing mm-hmm. or something like who, who has time for that in our busy life. Um, that's not to say that we don't go and do retreats throughout the year or something and, and take time out to actually have. Right. Extended- that's
0: the best, right? That's yeah, when you right? have the, the, the space for the best, but, but every day, if you can incorporate the good, then yes. your life changes.
1: Exactly. And it's so much better than, you know, doing nothing. Um, And I'll tell you what, I think sometimes that that five deep breaths practice before your feet hit the floor is more challenging um, not to actually do it. Right. Like the doing it's super easy because I'm like, I have five minutes. I'm going to do this. But sometimes it's really, really hard to get through um, those deep breaths because it's like, Okay, you want to get onto your life, you want to get onto the morning and you're ready to attack the list or, you know, you know, you have to attack the list or whatever the list is telling you, you know, it Mm -hmm. needs to be gotten to. And so for me, I'm like, this is more powerful because this is so hard. Like I'm doing this hard, really hard work. um, Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, actually taking 20 minutes to check out of my life is pretty, I'm like, sign me up. When can I do that?
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, know, one thing also that I think is huge with, the stress of time management and having so many responsibilities is the mind clutter that goes ar- along with it. And that goes oh, back yeah. more to our default mode network. Like we're in our brain um, exists, like are just our routines and our habits and what we naturally do. And so mm-hmm. it's not so much, Hey, mm-hmm. can you carve out, 40 minutes to do this, Mm -hmm. but can you reset that? And you start to reset that by the small, consistent, persistent steps that you take. And I love this one concept that people always say, I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident at this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But they don't often really stop to think, and I love to bring it up again and again, is that you get confidence when you have competence. So if you want to gain Confidence, you got to just keep doing it over and over and over again, and no matter what you do, yeah. I mean, you can look at the late Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan was not good at what he, you know, basketball. I think he got cut from like his high school basketball Mm -hmm. team, but he didn't stop, and he he put the consistent, persistent time in it, and became hello, Air Jordan. And then even Kobe Bryant had a quote that he knew he was going to be great not mm-hmm. because he was the most talented you know athlete in the world but mm-hmm. because he was going to be more dedicated to getting there he was going to stay consistent and persistent and the most people you know they they kind of tap out they get inside their own head they say yeah. i'm not good at this i'm not confident meditation's not natural mm-hmm. i don't have the time i'm not good enough mm-hmm. it's like no you just got to stick with it little baby steps.
1: Yes. Well, I'm glad that you touched on that and I could go off a million tangents with all of the stuff that you just shared about, um, Jordan and Kobe Bryant and all that, but I'm not going to allow us to do that today. Right. But I know um, know. what I do want to touch on though, because it's super important. And if anybody's listening, I hope you're listening. Right. Um, consistency is key, right? Like, so whatever you're doing, whether it's the Holy grail, the best case scenario, or it's the good scenario, or the better scenario, it's the consistency that matters. And so, if you do that, any anything, whatever the thing is, whatever the goal is, then doing it with consistency is so much more effective than and than you know not doing it at all and doing it um, erratically, you know, or here and there once in a while. Yeah, I mean, you did a twenty-minute meditation. And I'm just using this as an example, but this is a blanket example for anything. Like, what are the goals? What are the things that you need to do? Um, Just having consistency is going to be way more effective than being inconsistent. So that was a good place to kind of share with people about. Yeah. And you're right that Melissa and I,
0: it's like power and synergy and there's so many different avenues to go. That's why you're going to be a regular (laughs) on the show. You have so much to offer, but definitely tell us a little bit more because your journey and your wildfire story is Mm -hmm. is something a lot of people can connect to and, um, you know, learn from. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and I kind of touched, you've touched on that in my introduction, but, um, so much of what I do is, Dri- driven from a personal story, um, I have a story we all have stories, right and um I was not well at one point. Um, I was really unwell in a lot of different ways, physically mentally um, spiritually and so I hit the brick wall of frustration, the bottom some people call it you know there's lots of different names for it of like not feeling good um, with my digestive issues. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but then also just like frustration and kind of referenced a little bit of my anxiety, just, you know, all those things, you finally hit the, the place where you're like, I can't, I can't stay here anymore. This is not living life and this is uncomfortable. So, um, and you and I've kind of gone back and forth about like which part of the story to tell. But I think like one of the places that I would like to start is, Really, what put me on the path to becoming a nutrition health coach um, and that was that started with my digestive my digestive distress um, it's hard to tongue tie tongue twister right but so that journey started in my young twenties, and that 's what led me to um, getting focused on nutrition and yoga because I had been diagnosed with, um, IBS and I was working in a pretty high paced, stressful and working and living, I should say, you know, I really have to kind of make sure that that is, is out there too, like working in a stressful position, but also living in a high paced energy place. Um, I was in Miami beach, my twenties, it was pretty fun and wild and all the things. And I was a event coordinator and um also worked for my father part-time and he had a lot of different businesses going on. So I, you know, had like a 90 hour a week job basically um between working the two different jobs and then like, you know, having a social life at that stage. So I was like just going talking about having the pedal to the metal. That's like having the pedal to the metal in a not a good way, right? So um my, I had always had digestive issues growing up. I didn't know that they were digestive issues. I just didn't feel good, right? Like gas, mm-hmm. bloating, it was embarrassing. Ugh, I remember just not feeling good. But, you know, like back in the day, we didn't talk about that stuff. So, I didn't even know it was an issue. I just thought, okay, well, this sucks. I'm, I'm gassy and whatever. It is what it is. And I go to the bathroom more than some people do. Um, but anyway, you know, moving forward into that, like, mid-20s age, all the different things of, like, living this fast-paced lifestyle and working um, a high-stress job. And also, you know, my my dad had, wasn't all the way well himself and, you know, kind of helping out with him. All these things became contributing factors to just really kicking my digestive issues into high gear. So fast forward from there to um, going on a journey of seeing a lot of different um, gastro doctors and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I get a diagnosis of IBS, which, um, I, you know, they gave me some medication for and, the medication helped for a little while, but then the medication had symptoms and basically we'd, I, we'd kind of go back and forth. I'd get a flare up and this and that. And then he, this one doctor I finally ended up with, he was pretty fabulous. And he's like, you know, I think another contributing factor is your stress levels.
0: So, mm-hmm. you know, that's we, awesome that, yeah. that someone in the medical arena tied that together.
1: <laughs> Especially this was, um, we're talking about, like probably twenty years ago, right? So, wow. yeah. Um, well, not probably. We are talking about twenty years ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're let's not call, that old. Melissa. Let's call a no. spade a spade. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. I love it. My, I was reading one of my bios recently when we were talking about all this, and and it was like ten years ago. Da da da. I'm like, no, no, that was twenty years ago. Now, so time time keeps going, and we keep aging. And you that's gotta
0: the- add a whole nother decade onto that. You've been holding um, on
1: yeah I guess I was holding on on. I'm I'm letting it go I'm letting the 20s go and you know what I'm so happy because when I look back at 20 and just like that whole 20 to 30 frame and for me my own personal journey you know I'm not saying this about all 20 year olds right but like I was so not healthy and I wasn't well and I was super stressed out and just you know I yeah I was having a riot and all the fun and all the things and like going to great Clubs and dinners, and you know, just I had a raging social life, and it was awesome. But I was really, really not happy. You know, mm-hmm. really what I understand happiness to be now. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm glad that these digestive issues reared their ugly head, and um, as so the stress, you know, the stress thing that he brought up, managing that was definitely part of this puzzle piece. And um, I'm like, oh, how am I going to do that? And I had a An old – my dad's ex-wife, actually, who – she'd been doing Bikram yoga for many years. Um, She's like, yeah, you should try this out. And so I went with her a couple times. And um, I had a – like, when people say love-hate relationship, like, I had a hate-hate relationship with hot yoga. (laughs) (laughs) But I – it's interesting. Like, all the things I didn't – really did not like about it at all, and sometimes – some of the things I still don't like about it all these years later – um, there was just some nugget that made me feel better each time I went. And so I kept going back and I'm so grateful that I pushed past like the uncomfortable stage because now, you know, all these twenties, 20 some years later, like it was the, the pivotal point of me getting well is starting yoga. And Mm -hmm. once I started yoga, um, you you start eating better naturally because it's hot yoga. You start hydrating more. Oh my gosh, you're hydrating more. That's going to help you feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so you brought it up, like I, uh, the small steps over time create sustainable success. Like just hydrating properly is going to make you feel better, so much better. Whether it's you know helping you with cravings, if that's something that's going on, helping you with sleep, helping your digestion. I mean, I have had so many clients that have had, you know, IBS or digestive issues or or constipation, and then they just start, they add a couple of extra glasses of water into the mix every day, and they're like, oh, my God, I go to the bathroom normally now. You know, so Mm -hmm. really that is not some arduous, crazy diet that you have to do. That's just like doing what your body needs it to do, right? what and, you need to do for it, I should say.
0: And change is a strange thing because you can incorporate healthy habits and your body starts to feel better. But if it's not, it's not like pain where it screams, I'm better. Whereas pain right. is like, I'm not, I'm not doing good. It, it's yeah. like, yeah. you don't notice how great you feel until you go back to your old habits and you're like, oh, oh. so true. And <laughs> it's so it's sometimes it's, so it's good true. if you have a lapse and you can experience what was actually going well, because, because, um, feeling good is, is silent. You go about living your wonderful life when you feel good, but pain is very loud.
1: That's so true. And I'm glad that you brought that up. It's, it's really, you know, profound how, isn't that interesting though, in general, like the positivity, like I could point out a hundred things that were wrong, but like, it's so hard to point out the positive things, right? Like, right. Not, not hard to point out positive things, but like, it's so easy to, to, feel the negative or pick the negative. And then, you know, we got to actually think about the positive, whether it's actually feeling good or not. But you're so right. Once you start feeling good, and then you kind of go off that blueprint that I was talking about, right, then it, it happens super quickly. So the body is designed to survive. And which is amazing, thankfully, right? Our heart doesn't miss a beat, our lungs don't forget to breathe. And, Whatever we're putting in our systems, our body will adapt to it and try to um, manage it. And so the only thing that one so that's a great thing, right? The only problem with that is that it is so designed to survive that even when you're putting the wrong fuel in it or living in the wrong state of being, um, you're not getting these smoke signals that this isn't good until sometimes it's too late. So Figuring out what baseline of feeling good is, and then like putting something back in your system that doesn't make it feel good, and then getting the message
0: mm-hmm.
1: is really, really important. It's like having a smoke detector in your house. You want yeah. a, you want you want that to go off if there's a problem. So
0: you know, speaking of smoke detectors uh, in your body, they mm-hmm. they get more precise and they start as you the older you get. You know, your yeah. body can let you get away with a lot more when you're younger. But I've come to appreciate it in my body. I say my body is turning into a Puritan because it oh, doesn't I like, like it. anything anymore. And I just have to listen to it. But yeah. I also really appreciate that I can tune into my body and it's gonna give me feedback into what is good and not good for me. And my body wasn't doing that in my twenties, so I could abuse it and it was easy and fun and like you said, hey, you know, living life the way staying up late, maybe doing unhealthy Drinking or mm-hmm. smoking or whatever, you know, yeah. young healthy twenty somethings do. I don't know. Maybe they don't do that anymore. Maybe you know that's not as cool today as it seemed like it was the party I, being I in your twenties. I
1: mean, they say every generation gets a little better, so I think you know. I think let's just talk about smoking. I think definitely that's not as prevalent. Although you know, there's the vaping. So who knows? Right. I,
0: I guess we all have our own vices. And in your 20s, you typically can get away with vices more than in your 40s. But I have gratitude now. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that begrudgingly, although at one point it probably was, that my body Mm -hmm. doesn't tolerate bad choices like it used to. And it's it's communicating with me so that I can be a healthier individual and last longer.
1: Yes, absolutely. I know. What a great thing. And so that's the cool part, like getting yourself to happy homeostasis, you know, and having this really, um, good place to, oh, let me think this through to kind of your baseline, you know, that it's a mm. good baseline and then you can go, all right, I don't know, I'm not feeling good today. What's off? And just being in mm-hmm. tune with all of it is so With important.
0: non-judgmental curiosity. And
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that. Non-judgmental curiosity. Yeah. Exactly. So, so. So anyway, that's kind of the beginning of the story with that and yoga and, you know, stress. And so um, with that whole journey, um, the yoga definitely helped stress management, helped my digestion a little bit. Um, Not a little bit. I mean, a lot. You know, it was so much better. But then I was I had another flare up a few probably like six months to a year later. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing all the things right. <laughs> you know, I'm taking my medication, I'm doing my yoga, I'm managing my stress. But in reality, like I, I was still living in a pretty wild environment and, um, working and my job was super stressful. And, um, you know, the, the amount of caretaking that was going on with my dad's needs, um, was stressful. And, um, so, you know, even though you're managing it and you're doing the things, like there sometimes you got to change what you're doing. I mean, taking care of my dad was not not an option, but um it it is what it is and I had to do that. But you can choose your career, right? So um that was part of it and then also I had to get really serious about my nutrition. I ended up um also seeing a ayurvedic practitioner um mm-hmm. and that was just one of those kind of like divine interventions. Um, I don't even have time to get into like how that person came to me, but it was a connection that, you know, now I know why those relationships were in my life. <laughs> you know, like you have certain relationships. You're like, Oh, I wish that never happened. But I'm like, I'm so happy it did because it put me on my path to meet this doctor, which put me on my path to feel better, which put me on my path to be here talking to you right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. all the puzzle pieces matter. And so sometimes mm-hmm. we're in the thick of life, not feeling like we're in control or we want it to be the way we hope it to be. It's okay. Cause it's just part of the, it's part of the bigger picture. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, I ended up going down that road um, pretty much because my, well, the medications had um, a lot of side effects. Steroids over a long time and are not good for you. And my hair was falling out, not like in an alopecia kind of way, but it was like thinning and clumping and. thankfully i had the vanity that i had the level of vanity that i had at that age that that was not okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know little do you know mayday mayday yeah you know thankfully right that was at that age i think if i was a little older i might not have seen that as such a warning sign um so anyway um that was kind of the, the point I was like, maybe
0: sorry. your body knew that it needed to do something to get your attention. So it did, yeah, you to it go did. for your, your
1: hair. It did. it was like, you love your hair, you're beautiful, mane. So let's just start letting, you know, that happen. So, and mm-hmm. then I started noticing that like, um, going out with friends and hangovers were really hard. Like my friends could go out for days on end and I, I, I'd, I'd go out one night and I'd be on the couch for a few days. So, you know there were all these other things that were kind of starting to contribute to like hey I really am not that well and I need to get more serious about this. So I did that and that kind of put me on my path to feeling better and that that was like a long road for sure. I had to get clean up the diet. I had a 45-day detox with lots of different herbs and supplements and um and I'm not saying that everybody has to go down that road, but that was just my story. So um yeah. That was my story. So help me, help me navigate where you want me to go next with my story. Well, I
0: think all of our stories are so layered and beautiful and nuanced and every different phase that you've been in from the beginning in your twenties on your health journey to, you know, becoming a mom to then navigating even as a caregiver. I, I think all of that is going to come out, um, over, all of the help that you can give us over the next episodes um, that we're on together. But I I want to talk specifically about maybe how this has impacted you and how we are going to approach it with the Be Well Mel segments of um, Daughters on Fire Mm -hmm. is what um, I've come to call the symptoms of the wildfire, the symptoms of the Daughter on Fire that just feels like at the end of the rope. And so those symptoms, there's there's five main ones, and they are one, stress, mm-hmm. two, guilt, mm-hmm. three, anxiety, mm-hmm. four, confusion, and five, isolation. So whether you're um, a busy mom and caregiving um, a parent from afar or you're juggling your career and you have pressure from – whether it's family or just loved ones in your life where you just feel the responsibility to take care of them weighing on you. These are the typical Mm -hmm. stressors that I see come up over and over and over again um, is the stress, the guilt, the anxiety, confusion, and isolation. And can you just like, let's go down those a little Mm -hmm. bit and just say how they tie in, um, a little bit to um, your approach and your experience for yourself and with others.
1: So, one yeah. stress. Okay. So stress. Well, um, I think I kind of painted a picture of stress for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, event planning is stressful. Fast forward to today, people would look at what I do today and go but you really never got out of event planning because you're always event planning. Like I still host, I I don't say, I shouldn't say I still, I do. Now I host women's retreats. There's Mm -hmm. event planning. I have groups um, that I facilitate. That's event planning, right? Um, I facilitate vision board workshops. That's event planning. So anyway, I never really got out of the business. I got into the business for myself. And so that was less stressful for me. Um, But so, you know, stress is kind of always around
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um stress so this is this is powerful because stress there are a whole school of people out there that really believe that there's good stress and bad stress and there is for sure like i have so much joy in my business so i'm willing to take on the stress that comes with it right but um there's other things that i don't enjoy that bring me stress that you know i'm not willing to take on so Your body, unfortunately, our old school limbic system that has not evolved, does not understand a good stress or a bad stress. It doesn't understand happy stress Mm -hmm. and unhappy stress. It just knows that this is not, this is stress, okay? And so it goes into high gear. It goes into flight or fight. It goes into a hormone response. This is just, you know, science. And so... You know, when we're in a, s- a stressed out environment, whether it's good or bad, and most of the time we're going to be focusing on some of the bad stress, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it, it's like you're what's happening into uh, what's happening to you internally. So, I use an example of a runner because people would say, "Okay, somebody who's an athlete, this is good stress when they're running, right?" Well, a runner could have a shoe or a rock in their shoe, and Because they're so trained to run beyond whatever they're feeling, whether it's an injury in the body, but like just to win, they can run and finish a marathon or whatever it is, a triathlon triathlon, um, with that rock in their shoe. But when they took the shoe off, the rock will have created a hole, right? And so it's the same thing that happens in the body. That hole sometimes, can you know, you can patch it up and it might go away, but there, there'll, there'll be a scar there. And sometimes that hole is the foot that we're talking about, but then, you know, it's like, what's going on on the inside? What holes are you leaving? Are we leaving mm-hmm. by being in this stressed out environment? Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I think yeah. you were saying that the good stress, I mean, in that primal part of the brain, it mm-hmm. doesn't label things good or bad, like you were saying. It yeah. just takes it in. And that's why, yeah, you might be you might be having... The time of your life, like you were in your twenties or on mm-hmm. a trip, but still staying up late night after night after night is still, yeah. you may have been enjoying yourself. It's still going to have an impact on you. And, yeah. and what is that impact? And sometimes we try to, we try to ignore it. Most of the listeners to this podcast aren't dealing with the happy stress that they're ignoring because right. they're having too much fun. Most right. of them are like, I have no choice. The stress isn't going away. So that's one thing that we'll talk about. It's like, we get it. We get that your mom lives with you and Mm -hmm. she's, you know, she's got dementia and you're just Mm -hmm. trying to figure things out. It's not about eliminating your, your stress or saying, you know, mom's not going to live with me or what am I alternative. It may be if that's an option. It may be that you, you're, you don't have to stick with things as they are, but instead how, you know, like, like you were saying, the the good, better, and best, the little techniques, just the ideas that you don't know what you don't know, right? And so yeah. we're here to help people in a powerful way yes. and with the expertise you have to start incorporating small ways to combat stress in, it, yeah, a little bit at a time. And small steps mm-hmm. make big progress. But Yeah, yeah for the, sure. Stress, the scars, and yeah. But a lot of it… Also, the lot of stress goes right into number two. A lot of stress is caused by decisions we make out of guilt and um, operating from a place of of guilt. And so sometimes if you can take care of that
1: and work with Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm.
0: then some of the stress goes away because you're setting healthy boundaries and you don't have the guilt to do with it.
1: And you know what? Before we totally move on to guilt, because I have a lot to say about that, and I think you do too. Um, I want to go back to kind of the beginning and back to the last kind of puzzle piece, or maybe not puzzle piece, but last little thing I want to share just about stress too is yeah. like is this whole idea of you said it earlier. Meeting, I met you where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. And I meet my clients where they're at. And the deal, you know, here here's a golden ticket, guys. That we have to meet ourselves where we're at and we have to mm-hmm. meet life. We have to meet life where it's at. And so guess what? Sometimes we're meeting life on life's terms. You know, this I've been on a journey of um, walking through grief over this last year. I actually, um, what are we? Today's what? Wednesday. So a couple days from now will be the yeah. year anniversary That's of losing short. my aunt mm-hmm. to lung cancer. And it's like, that's the stress that you can't get rid of, you know what i mean right. there's no there's no removing yourself from it. There was no removing right. myself from her house when she was in hospice. there's no removing her daughter wasn't able to remove herself from being her main caregiver like this is you gotta it's life on life's terms and you have to meet yourself where you're at and you have to meet life where it's at. but mm-hmm. what can you be doing um during this period um to you know just really make yourself feel as good as you possibly can you know so yeah and
0: sometimes it's it's the the
1: guilt it's like what can you do to let go
0: of the guilt and yeah. the pressure that you keep putting on yourself and just absolutely. saying you're doing the best you can
1: yeah absolutely and the guilt is so interesting like I I would love to like Brené Brown, and have her like researcher's brain, so that I could go into like a year-long study and interview people about guilt because I think it's like I will kind of laugh about this for a minute, but like I come from an Irish-Italian Catholic background, <laughs> so like there, there's no, there's a little not, guilt
0: there, huh?
1: <laughs> there, it's just built into your DNA, right? Like you're just you're operating out of guilt and you're being operated out of guilt right Mm -hmm. like i know for sure there were so many times um that in my caregiving responsibilities that they were guilt-driven you know like oh i gotta do this because if i don't you know and there was a lot of there's a lot of things that we don't have to own and we can let go of and we're still really good caregivers and I think one of the things, and I'm going to let you kind of take over after I I, su- I say this, but one of the things that I see a lot is just like, oh, my God, I feel guilty taking time for myself to X, Y, and Z, whatever that is, mm-hmm. whether it's um, getting outside and getting a breath of fresh air. Like, I felt guilty when my aunt was in, you know, she was home in hospice when she was dying. Like, I felt guilty that I had to leave the bathroom because it smelled so bad Mm -hmm. and it smelled bad Mm -hmm. because she was dying, you know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I felt guilty. But I was like, in this exact moment, like I absolutely have to go outside and take a deep breath because I'm going to throw up or I'm going to, you know, whatever I'm going to do is not going to be anything that it's not going to benefit her. Like if I threw up in that moment, it would have made her feel bad and guilty, right? She would have felt mm-hmm. guilty because that was even on <laughs> right. her deathbed. She felt guilty that we were a burden. We were a burden or she was a burden. She was us. a burden. Yeah. And I, and I was, she was, you know, yeah, there's some things I, um, you know, you don't want to do in life, but at the same time, like this is a person who raised you. Like they, they've given you life, you know, and this is such a gift. Like I look at taking care of my daughter now and, Oh, my gosh, the bath and shower time is really frustrating. And, you know, she's not exactly – she doesn't like it, right? So I try to have compassion for that and and empathize with her. It's just not her favorite thing to do. And she's almost a little sensory, I think, you know. So I try to remember that. But, like, ugh, it's – and that's a time of day we're all tired, of course, And, but I I say to her sometimes that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm guilting my child. I'm like, one day you're going to be doing this to me. You better be nice to me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and, and I don't, I actually do not say that to her on a regular basis, but I, I visualize it happening that, yeah, one day my daughter will end up having to, to take care of me. I mean, maybe she won't. I hope she does. I -hmm. think that that's the greatest gift that you can give somebody when they're dying is Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. show up and help them. And die, you know.
0: Yeah, but that's that's so beautiful.
1: Thank you. Yeah, but you know, go outside and take a deep breath if you have to, right? And maybe go get your nails done, or maybe you know, get a massage, or guess what? You know what? I'm still going to keep yoga on my schedule, and I'm going to find another caregiver Mm -hmm. that can come and sit with this person for. Whatever time frame it is, or i 'm going to automate my groceries and not go to the, not put so much on your life plate right mm-hmm. like that 's mm-hmm. a cool thing about living in the, the era that we live in right now. You can automate so many things like and people get guilty about spending a little extra money, but like what cost are you paying mentally right. by not automating it like get a cleaning get a cleaner for a couple of months like. Get, you know, there's so many just great options to aid and assist you through whatever life mm-hmm. challenge it is, whether it is this end stage stuff or whether, you know, I mean, we're, we're all faced with different challenges at different times, different stages of life.
0: Absolutely. And and also, you know, I know that people come to it with different means. Mm-hmm. And if you sometimes, you know, you don't have the financial means to mm-hmm. get a house. Cleaner to come in and help you out, but spending maybe a little bit extra if you can go pick up your groceries that saves you that time. Maybe Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I don't even know. It's that like an extra $10 or whatever to have it, have someone else do it for you. That is worth an investment to to think about. And um, so, yeah, there are different varying degrees about how to take care of yourself, but you taught me. An amazing concept regarding time, and I'm going to do some mental gymnastics and tie okay. it into guilt. So, okay, I like if it. it's too confusing, Melissa. You're going to Mel. I got <laughs> to say calling you Mel, so people know Mel <laughs> and <laughs> Melissa. Um, so, time is a matter of perception, right? And and this speaks to the stress and the guilt because t- some of it is we just don't have enough time, and so. Yeah you taught us um, through some of the the work we've done in the courses that you have, um, that we have all the time in the world to look at Mm -hmm. time differently Mm -hmm. that somebody, two people could be experiencing the exact same amount of time. And one person feels like time's going by fast. And one person feels like time's going by slow. So it's the perception through our lives and our lens that create our experience with time. And I think the same is true for Guilt. That our lives are what they are and it's our lens of guilt that make it good or bad on that spectrum. And really, Mm -hmm. we can change our perceptions of, and and guilt is a perception and have a much deeper foundation of experience with whatever we're going through. Now, that may be like, oh my gosh, Melissa, um, that I've worked with people in counseling and they're like, that sounds great. But how, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. one thing. It's like okay, no, you, you don't need to know how to do that, and I'm not going to tell you how to do that in the next, you know, five minutes. But that's what this podcast is about: is like opening your mind up to allowing yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of love that you're mm-hmm. giving everybody else. Just keep a little bit of that pie of love that you've put out there in the world. Keep a little sliver for yourself and listen to us and join us on this journey because we're going to be giving you tips. We're going to be bringing people in who've been on this journey and through these um, experiences so you can learn from each other. We're going to be um, meet, talking to different professionals. and and uh, Robin, who will be coming on, will be giving you actual tangible solutions in the caregiving world,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all of that is is so that you can change your perception of time and guilt, and that can slowly ease the stress so that you can get to a more peaceful foundation and be the candle, not the wildfire totally. and I know that the other symptoms, the anxiety, the confusion, and the isolation are all all are all huge too, but I almost want at this point just to hold on to those. Because mm-hmm. you and I are going to be back, and we're going to talk more and more about all of this. Yeah, and, um, this is again. Caregiving is a long journey. Um, being somebody who loves other people is not something that's over in twelve weeks. <laughs> you know, it's not right. something that uh, you learn how to magically do it perfectly. Um, and and poof, you're done. So right, this is this podcast is there because, and it's going to be here as an ongoing. Um, companion, you know, kind of like your. Absolutely. You can't get to a support group. No, if you can't get to the support group, tune in here. Join us on the Facebook group. Let's get together in a community that can meet you where you are yeah. at the time you need it on your terms. And so, you know, we can slowly impact and change people's lives. Um, which we've been doing. You've been doing it. I've been doing mm-hmm. it through counseling in the last 10 years of social work. You've been doing it through your work. Um And, you know, we've gone through life. We have, the, you know, decades worth of life from adulting. Yeah. From our twenties to life in our thirties to now in our healthy, wonderful, vibrant,
1: forties, right? Yes. All the ages <laughs> and all the
0: stages. Absolutely. And, and we'll, we'll have people on from all spectrums. So, One, thank you, Melissa. No, not Melissa. Thank you, Mel of Be Well Mel, for getting us started today and going, joining me on this because, um, I just, I'm not, I don't, I could, but I don't want to be just the sole voice on this podcast i never wanted it just to be about um, what i have to say i wanted it to be a forum where i'm bringing amazing powerful women together so that we can reach amazing powerful women and remind them that they are saving the world by caring for other people and but they need to care for themselves as well so thank you so much i'm so
1: excited to do this with you and it's going to
0: be it's going to be powerful
1: and amazing yeah, so, you're, you're so welcome. I love that. And, um, and, you know, I think too, I kind of touched on it earlier, but also that being able to be part of this life process, you know, and, and not let it totally consume you, but really leaning into the fact that this is a beautiful, it can be a beautiful thing that you're doing for someone else. And so if you can learn, if we all can learn, right, because we're all going to face this, we all face, if we're not facing it today, we faced it in the past or facing it in the future, how to really take care of the people we love, whether they're dying, whether it's just the shower at the end of the night and coming from the place of love and compassion and being able to be, um, you know, coming from this place of like honor And and understanding what a gift it is to somebody else. Like, it is a gift for me to show up as a good mommy at at 6 p.m. And then that way my little person doesn't have gremlins in her voice that tells her she's awful all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and you can show up for that sick person that's dying or not well or whatever their circumstances and try to um, take care of yourself along the way, then it's really a, it's a cool thing. Yeah.
0: Show up for them, love them, love the journey we're on and love ourselves. And one of the things that you said earlier was meet life where it is. Mm -hmm. And for, for Mel and I both, you know, we're, we're living our lives in our homes. So I don't know if you all have heard my sweet little dog pepper. Um, Mm -hmm. Talking in the background today, but that's just that's life meeting life where it is. So she says hello, everybody. You might have heard her in the background. Same with Beatball. They may join us from time to time on the yes, podcast because that's life, right? We are going yeah. to meet life where it is, and we are Love going that. to help you, our wonderful Fire Tribe Nation out there, meet life where it is. Um, and hopefully, all come together and support one another as we, yeah, journey through life together.
1: Beautiful. So thank you
0: thanks, Melissa, and look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you, Melissa, and I'm excited to be here and uh, hope to be a well of resources for everybody out there. Absolutely,
0: you sure will.